have developed speed, but we have shut ourselves in. Machinery that gives abundance has left us in want. We think too much and feel too little. More than machinery, we need humanity. We know the air is unfit to breathe and our food is unfit to eat. As if that's the way it's supposed to be. We know things are bad, worse than bad. They're crazy. by the good people over at redvoicemedia.com. I want to remind everybody, if you do enjoy the broadcast, we're doing it eight hours live with limited commercial breaks. I think we're bringing you some A1 material. Support the broadcast. Uh, some great interviews, redvoicemedia.com slash uncensored. It's 10 bucks a month if you lock it in which would be awesome. We, we love you, lock, lock, locking it in. By doing that, what happens? Well, you get um, just the bells and whistles, baby. You get the bells and whistles, and you support the broadcast. You get 20 bucks off if you do it in for the year. Uh, for $100, um, we're trying to, you know, I haven't taken a day off, just so everybody knows. Like, a day, I think. I mean, even when I started before, I want to say we, we started this October 1st now. Okay, so now we're talking about six, seven months, four days a week, two hours a day. Every day, like the four days a week. I mean, a lot of people say, well, you should do the Friday show. Man, I get burnt out. I need to, I need to take a step back from all the madness. When you're dealing with cartoon supervillains on both sides, whether it be the Muskernauts, Elon, who just called George Soros some kind of a Magneto character. Let me assure you, um, you, you know, you got, you've got to, got to, got to take a break and just be like, all right, let me deal with my own life. Let me, let me not worry so much about everything that's going on around me because I can only change so much. I can. And, and you can only change so much. And there's always going to be evil in the world. And I don't want to have nightmares about either guy. However, because that was the trending topic, and there's such a bigger muskernut story than ooh, he called he called him Magneto on Twitter. Oh, and you know, again, <laughs> why why would it work right? Why you know because you didn't do the check. See, now we're doing tech on the air again. And by the way, yesterday, guys, I'm so sorry. This probably means that the video one's not lined up either. Great. Uh, I ha like I said, my electric's bad. 
if I ever go out, if I ever go out like that, unless the power is completely off, which which does happen like three or four times a year, where do you want to be? You want to be at Red Voice Media's RVM's Rumble channel. They got the live stream for the whole day. That's where you find the second hour for free after we leave YouTube. And by the way, I was going to wait till tomorrow to play this interview for you, but I think we're doing it today. There's no way I can play any of it on YouTube. It is a horrific story. You know, we get caught up a little bit, I think, uh, lately before we get to this, you know, Jeffrey Epstein case. Now, uh, Elon Musk being sub subpoenaed. Why isn't that everywhere, by the way? That came out yesterday and Magneto trended on his website, but not that he was getting subpoenaed in that big Virgin Islands case that actually makes a difference. And I've said we've got to keep our eyes on. By the way, had a great conversation with Nick Bryant yesterday, the author of the Franklin Scandal, Scandal the person who published the uh, Epstein Black Book. He's going to be on the show. Well, I'm taping him next Tuesday. So that means Wednesday or Thursday, or it might be premium. Maybe that maybe that's a big premium, guys. That's a big premium. If we do premium, you do get like a little sampler pack, and then two weeks later, we release it for free anyway, because that's how we roll. I want everything out there. But yeah, I'm going to be fair today. I'm going after the Muskingham here. Again, it, this is a big, big old case. It matters. It's something. That should be headlines everywhere and for some reason isn't. Instead, Magneto's trending, okay? And look, I get it. The guy does Twitter, uh, right, Soros Rama reminds me of Magneto. Fun fact, Magneto's experience during the Holocaust as a survivor shapes his uh, perspective as well as his depth and empathy. I love when they defend the supervillain. Soros, also a Holocaust survivor, gets attacked nonstop for his good intentions which some Americans think are bad merely because they disagree um, probably with his political viewpoints. You assume they are good intentions. They are not. He wants to erode the very fabric of civilization. Soros hates humanity. I, I don't know, Elon. I think that you might hate humanity. And look, look, Musk tweeting about Adderall being an anger amplifier. And, you know, people saying, yeah, it also makes you uh, psychotic. Best used sparingly or not at all. I go with the, you know, not at all. But the guy says a lot of truth. We're not talking about the fact that he's got to be subpoenaed in the Jeffrey Epstein lawsuit case. We're not talking about the fact that he is in a picture with Ghislaine Maxwell. It's a photo bomb, he says. I don't know her. Uh, Zuckerberg says otherwise. At least that's the story. In fact, I didn't have that one pulled up, but we're gonna we're gonna do it live. Let's Zuckerberg Musk. Mm, Ghislaine. Boom. There it is. Elon Musk says uh, this is a photo bomb over here. But here's the... Uh, see, this is... And you notice uh, that's a Daily Mail story. It's a great aggregate. I use the Daily Mail a lot because big headlines, great aggregate, big news site, covers everything. Covers just about everything, right? So you take a look at this... And again, apparently, allegedly, Zuckerberg says otherwise. And now L. Muskington is what? Being deposed. There, there he is. Hey, hey, go. He photobombed him, huh? I don't know about all that. Hands are a little close right there, Elon, for the photobombing. He's like, oh, wait, why are you taking a picture? Wait, 2014, by the way. 
Tell you long after we knew. Long after we knew. So he's being deposed and what goes viral? Magneto man. Now look. I probably don't go after George Soros enough. Okay, I probably don't because there is a time when the media actually did cover the guy. Okay? I mean, I'm not saying they covered him well, but they covered him. And this was one of the most fair pieces you'll ever see on Soros. He gets called a carnivore in it. And in it also, you find out that his Holocaust experience might be a little bit different than what you just read in the tweet. Okay, in fact, he was protected by the Hungarian Schindler, you know, because again, we deal in movies and we're, we're familiar with Schindler List and him being a good guy, apparently, right? And again, I'm not saying he wasn't. I'm not even saying that Miklos uh, Prozhashka, the uh, Hungarian Schindler, is a bad guy. What, I'm not, what I am telling you is that he does say in this, let's, let's, first of all, let's go with Kiss Sander in here. So uh, Blonde George, meanwhile, was given the name Kiss Sander along with a set of Christian papers. Uh, he was then taken by a man called Bombach, also known as Baflaus, whom uh, Tibder paid to protect his son. Bombach was an official at the Ministry of Agriculture who had worked with Soros's father. He was also a Nazi collaborator who drew up inventories of property seized from half a million Hungarian Jews after they had uh, been sent to their deaths. Let me repeat that. <laughs> the guy that took him in um, was a Nazi collaborator and inventoried everything they took from people that they put into camps and killed. On one occasion... When Soros was feeling downhearted, Bombach took him on a trip into the countryside to catalog the contents of an estate belonging to Baron Morik Kornfeld, a wealthy Jewish businessman, who was arrested in March 1944 when the Germans arrived. In exchange for turning over all of his property, he was allowed to leave Hungary with his family for a neutral territory. A month later, he left Bombach, was sent to do an inventory on the property. Okay? You know... Soros has always denied that he helped draw up the inventory. In an interview in 1998, he said, I was only a spectator. The property was being taken away. I had no role in taking away that property. We're going to play that. That's the clip we're going to play. We're going to play that start to finish. About seven minutes in, they get into the fact that he was a Nazi collaborator. Uh, you know, he said, he added, somebody else would be taking it anyhow. All right. But Soros' time with Bombach did not last long. As the official lived close to the Soros family home, it was not long before the boy was recognized by former schoolmates while he was standing on the balcony. So they had to move him around. He was a collaborator. He did draw up inventories. He did turn people in. Um, and it, I think that, that that very much shaped him as somebody who became a, a, a survivor of sorts, but a predatory survivor you know what i'm saying it, like it, it was one of those things where yeah i'm gonna do what it takes you get so commonplace in lying and deception and you see how the inside works very quickly in wartime you know there has to be a, just a totally different flip mindset and I'm, I'm sure that's something that has shaped uh the guy to this day the funny thing is that you know, it wasn't short. Ten years after this uh, piece we're going to watch, all of a sudden the media are touting people like George Soros. In a clip I'm going to show you, 
as the saviors of the world, as the super, uh, super rich friends, right? Under the guise of eco-fascism. They're saving the world. Okay, sure. So let's, let's just do it. Let's, let's do the watch along here. Let's start it off. Um, I'll, wait, you know what? We better, no, we'll do this right now. We'll start her off right here. Let's go. Of all the financial titans and philanthropists of the 20th century, none are more complex or mysterious than George Soros. Like Carnegie, J.P. Morgan, and the Rockefellers, he amassed billions through ruthless business decisions, only to turn around and give away most of his fortune to advance his own personal philosophy. He can move world financial markets simply by voicing an opinion, or destabilize a government by buying and selling its currency. He also pledged more aid last year to help people in Russia than the U.S. government did. But now George Soros is worried. He thinks the global economy is coming apart at the seams and that the world needs to be protected from people like George Soros. We may now think that everything is fine, but the fact is that the system is broke and it needs fixing. What you're doing is, is, is asking uh, some form of regulation to protect the world against you. Well, I am a player, and I think all players should be regulated. There have to be rules of the game. Take 81,000 to buy. Buy 48,000. Buy him 69,000 YUM. Right now, his quantum group hedge fund moves $14 billion of rich investors' money around the world every day, looking for profits and answering to no one. Soros makes huge bets on whole countries and economies. Last year, when he saw cracks in the Asia boom, he began selling the currency in Thailand. Traders in Hong Kong followed suit, triggering a financial crisis that plunged much of Asia into a depression. In the last two years, you've been blamed for financial collapse of Thailand, Malaysia, Indonesia, Japan, and Russia. Oh, and Russia. Oh, Jim Garrison. Thank you so much for that Tipsky and Hutch, by the way, over at the Rockfin. Oh, oh, did I? Look at me. <laughs> yes, this guy is a big player in destabilizing markets. Again, they let somebody describe him as a carnivore. And, and here's the thing. It's problem, reaction, solution. Well, yes, I, I need to be regulated. We need to have rules of the game. It's consolidation of power outside of the Constitution and Bill of Rights. Okay, the rules of the game exclude the vast majority of us and those they want to bring in, they want to select, they're allowed to play the game. They're unprosecutable. Look, we, we'll probably get into the Durham report at least a little bit today, but nobody's accountable. No Russia collusion, all Johnny nonsense, the left still has their talking points, no one's accountable. We're going to come back to Soros after a word from our sponsor. Have you heard of Executive Order 14067? This little-known order implemented the digital dollar, the most sinister plan to control your spending. And it gets worse. In November, the federal government and banks began a test program to roll out the digital dollar. With this, privacy for all Americans will be lost forever. Imagine, the government can now track all of your spending. The government can tell you what you can and can't buy. The government could confiscate your cash. When digital currency was rolled out in China, Bloomberg wrote, quote, this will lead to control like no other, end quote. 
The EU has announced that they are next, but it is already happening in America, which makes this wealth protection guide that American Alternative Assets just put out even more urgent. Project Hamilton, as this secret order is being called, might be the scariest order to happen to privacy and freedom in America since its founding, which makes this wealth protection guide so incredibly valuable right now. Move your money out of cash and into something that doesn't infringe on your privacy. You see, there is one legal IRS-proof loophole that could protect your IRA, 401k, and pension savings with gold and silver. And this free guide tells you exactly which steps you need to take right now to move part of your IRA or 401k into precious metals with no tax consequences. As this program rolls out, the sky's the limit for the level of government control that could be enforced on your money. Protect your savings and your privacy. But in the devastation ahead, American Alternative Assets is offering you something rare, a chance to protect your wealth and possibly even grow it. So we're going to get back to Soros, but right, right here, you know, he's basically telling you, look, none of this can be trusted. It is corrupt. It needs to get regulated. Let me and my buddies regulate it. Let global institutions that we sign treaties with across the board regulate it. And look, Soros is got to be on his last legs. Like you don't go much past Soros age or Kissinger age. I mean, is Kissinger going to live till 120? Are we going to get to Futurama level where they're going to put his head in a jar? It's going to be talking heads everywhere. Let's let's pray to God that that dark cartoon. Because <laughs> there's a lot. I like Futurama, but there you you get to the baselines of, of Futurama. A lot of dark stuff in there. The thing is that there's always somebody ready to take their place. This guy's mentored how many? His son is starting to take his place a bit. You're seeing his son out there. It's that nepotism I talk about. I talk about generational uh, bloodlines. And when this guy calls him a carnivore, the reason I, I point to that is because carnivores in nature are the predators, right? Let, let's be honest. Like, we're top of the food chain. Every other animal that we have wanted to harvest for sustenance, we can because in that sense, we are predators. When he talks about him being a carnivore, he means a human carnivore. He's throwing human beings in the grinder, baby. Oh, I destabilized. I mean, look at the, look at the face on this guy. Oh, who, me? Oh, I'm the guy? Let, let's, let's see if we can bring it back just a little bit. Just, just a little bit. This is good stuff. Saw cracks in the Asia boom. He began selling the currency in Thailand. Traders in Hong Kong followed suit, triggering a financial crisis that plunged much of Asia into a depression. In the last two years, you've been blamed for financial collapse of Thailand, Malaysia, Indonesia, Japan, and Russia. Yeah, all, of the, all of the above. That's, all of the above. Yeah, yeah. Are you that powerful? No, I think there's a great misunderstanding. The prime minister of, of Malaysia yes. um, said that the region spent 40 years trying to build up its economy, and along comes a moron like Soros right. with a lot of money and it's all over. He called you a criminal. It's easier for him to blame an outside force than to admit that they were mismanaging uh, their economy and their currency. The uh, French finance minister uh, talked about hanging uh, speculators from lampposts. Who, me? Who, me? And, and notice, even then, a guy like Soros knows when to play the victim. 
oh, they're gonna they're gonna hang speculators from lampposts. In, in other words, they want to put violence on me for their mistakes. Have we heard that before? We're hearing it a lot more now. Oh, it's it's the victim billionaire. Soros says the Asian currencies would have collapsed even if he hadn't been in the market. They were overvalued. He says people tend to follow his lead because he's been so successful. I think that uh, I've been blamed, blamed for everything. I am basically there to, uh, to make money. I cannot and do not look at the social consequences of, of what I do. That's a lie. That's absolutely a lie. That's I mean, even in the intro there, he talks about how he turned his fortune into a way to get the types of social reform he wants to through his foundations. Obviously, the Open, Sci the, uh, Open uh, Society Foundation is the biggest one out there, but Soros got the... Again, he's, he's a good guy, club guy. He's a eugenics guy. This man is uh, a carnivore of the first order. Jim Grant is the editor of Grant's Interest Rate Observer and one of Wall Street's most respected analysts. He never tires of watching Soros, in part because of the huge bets he's willing to place on his hunches. He has um, always amazed the people he's worked with at his audacity and his willingness to back up his commitments with enormous sums of money that causes the blood to drain from ordinary mortals' faces. <laughs> Come on, that guy's not great? That causes the blood to drain from ordinary mortals' faces. Come on, that's that's gold right there. This is the, like, I, where is this type of journalism anymore? When was the last time they went after an actual powerful billionaire for something real? Like, I don't know, crashing global economies. Like risking $2 billion in Russia. When the Russian market began falling apart in August, Soros was the country's single largest investor. He called the U.S. Treasury and asked Uncle Sam for $7 billion to prop up the ruble. When U.S. officials failed to intervene, Soros wrote a letter to the Financial Times of London saying he thought the Russian currency should be devalued by as much as 25%. A few words from Soros were enough to cause panic selling that fueled the crash. What's it like to have a statement that you make have such serious, grievous consequences. I mean, you can, it, it looks to me like in a number of situations, you can take a position against a currency or make a statement, and the whole country falls apart. Well, it's a tremendous sense of responsibility, actually. Uh, and, it, and it's also a humbling experience because I am actually trying to uh, do the right thing, and sometimes what I do uh, has an unintended negative consequence, as it did in, in Russia. <laughs> it's, it's an unintended negative con, uh, consequence helping to crash economies. I'm doing the right thing. I, I'm basically Spike Lee. I'm trying to do the right thing. I'm, I'm, I'm the good guy billionaire, right? And we need to regulate me and other guys. I'm here to talk about it. You know, and, and I believe he says that the a Nazi era thing, uh, again, we're going we're gonna to play it live, so you're going to get to decide. Happy fun time. It was a happy fun time. Can we get some thumbs up, by the way? Thumbs up, subscribe, and share. Come on, guys. 
everywhere. Rumble. I need comments in the comment section, not just the live streams. We're trying to grow the show. I need your support. Redvoicemedia.com slash uncensored. Uh, Steve from Slow News Day. Great show on Bilderberg and Assange. Zach Voorhees. AI. Chat GPT. Um, and really, a lot of the technical aspects behind the scenes. Great stuff over at Premium. Let's get back to the Soros. For both the Russian middle class and for Soros, who lost his $2 billion. Whatever his motivations, no one can accuse him of greed. He's backed away from the day-to-day -day operation of his businesses and is giving away his billions now with the same determination that he made them in places like Haiti, a country that has less money in the bank than he does. Last month, he brought the First Lady with him for a look at some of the projects his foundation is funding. This is Mr. George Soros, and uh, he's going to be... It's my buddy Hello, George. Look, at it. it's Hill Dog. Oh, this is my friend George. I'm in a pink pants suit. How, how are you doing? But, by the way, did you hear? I'm, I'm, I'm going to be the first female president. At least she thought she was. At least she thought she was. Imagine she tries to slip in the back door with all the Biden nonsense. Really, like, cut the throat of Newsom. <laughs> you never know. You never know. We're in the dark cartoon. This year, Soros plans to give away almost $500 million around the world. In Bosnia, when the water supply to Sarajevo was cut off at the height of the siege, it was Soros who wrote a check to jury-rig a pipeline through an abandoned highway tunnel. $5 million up front can be more valuable than $50 million a year or two later. Ambassador Richard Holbrook brokered the peace in Bosnia. At one point, after the Dayton peace agreements in Bosnia in 1995, for, for a considerable period of time, George had given more money to implement the peace agreements than the U.S. government had. He just could move that fast. Um, all I'm going to say is Slovodan Milosevic was cleared. <laughs> after he awaited trial, I believe he was in The Hague and died, uh, was cleared of war crimes after the fact. We, we got we got sold a little bit of the bullshiz on that one too, guys. Imagine that. In Russia, he pledged $100 million to help scientists who might otherwise have sold their expertise to bidders like Iran or Iraq. In Eastern Europe, he's educated a new generation. And in Ukraine, he spent millions retraining the old Soviet military. Oh! Georgie Soros has a little bit of scratch going into the Ukraine back in the Dizzle. That's so weird. Just, just weird. <laughs> At the center of George Soros, there's an inherent contradiction. Which is? Which is, on one hand, uh, you're, the, you're the capitalist who does not care about the social consequences of his act. And on the other hand, you are a philanthropist who cares only about social consequences. How do you resolve the two? You don't. They work hand in hand. I mean, you're, you're literally watching somebody give you doublespeak. There, there can be only one. There can be only one. Recognizing that, that uh, as, as a competitor... I've got to compete to win. As a human being, I, can, I, I am concerned about the society in which I live. Which George Soros am I talking What society does he think uh, his billionaire ass lives in? Basically anyone he wants in a huge, huge world. 
anywhere he wants, any way he wants it. This philanthropy thing should be outlawed, at least in the way it is now, because these tax-free foundations are, are, are ways for these, these monsters in the predator class to not only maintain, but gain wealth and influence tax-free and do whatever they like under the guise of, oh, we're, we're helping. We love you. We're the loving billionaires. Love, love, love. Whole bunch of love. Talking to now, the amoral George Soros or the, the moral George Soros. Uh, it's one person. It's one person who at one time engages in amoral activities and at the rest of the time tries to be moral. I try, you know, I mean, I've been engaging in a lot of amoral activities. Hmm. No, there's, there's nothing amoral about it. Everything is a moral choice. Sorry. That's just, you don't get to choose. But it, like, even there, he kind of like laughs at you. He's like, well, I try to be moral. I try to be moral. My goodness. My goodness gracious. Give it a thumbs up, guys. To understand the complexities and contradictions in his personality, you have to go back to the very beginning, to Budapest, where George Soros was born 68 years ago to parents who were wealthy, well-educated, and Jewish. When the Nazis occupied Budapest in 1944, George Soros's father was a successful lawyer. He lived on an island in the Danube and liked to commute to work in a rowboat. But knowing there were problems ahead for the Jews, he decided to split his family up. He bought them forged papers, and he bribed a government official to take 14-year-old George Soros in and swear that he was his Christian godson. But survival carried a heavy price tag. While hundreds of thousands of Hungarian Jews were being shipped off to the death camps, George Soros accompanied his phony godfather on his appointed rounds, confiscating property from the Jews. Confiscating property. There it is. They don't want you to know this part. They love George Soros. That's the mainstream media industrial complex. We're going to talk about it after another word from our sponsor. You're still looking good. I'm still feeling good. You know, I've got all your MyPillow products. Mattress topper, bed sheets, MyPillows, towels, slippers, blankets, sleepwear, dog Whoa, bed. whoa, Charles. Everyone now can get MyPillow products at huge discounts at MyPillow.com. That's right. Now's the time to go to MyPillow.com or call the number on your screen. Use your promo code to take advantage of our three-in-one sale. We're bringing you exciting new products, overstock specials, and closeout deals you won't find anywhere else. For example, when you buy one of our brand new MyPillow 2.0s, you get another one absolutely free. And with our overstock sale, you save 50% on our luxurious Giza Dream bed sheets. That's as low as $29.99 for the best sheets ever. And with our biggest closeout special, you get our all-season slippers for only $35 or our sandals and slides for just $25. Quantities are limited, and once they're gone, they're gone. I'm interrupting that commercial, Mike. Use the promo code RVM if you are shopping over with Lindell and the MyPillow store. So again, do you think that we could have um, a media report that goes this in-depth at this point? I don't know that we can. I don't know that we have seen that recently. Call me kookles. Call me kookles. But you just heard it. He, I mean, In fact, we're going to probably bring it back about in one minute. 
not even love, let's go 30 seconds, where he says, look, he was with his godfather, his appointed godfather, doing the rounds, all right, and confiscating property during World War II. And, and if you think that Soros's responses and candor have been eye-opening so far, I, I think that this is where we, we get to the crescendo, the coup de grace, if you will. While hundreds of thousands of Hungarian Jews were being shipped off to the death camps, George Soros accompanied his phony godfather on his appointed rounds, confiscating property from the Jews. These are pictures from 1944 of what happened to George Soros's friends and neighbors. You're a Hungarian Jew who escaped the Holocaust mm -hmm. by posing as a, a Christian. Right. And you watched lots of people get shipped off to the death camps. Right. I was 14 years old. And I would say that that's when my character was made. In what way? That one should think ahead, one should understand and, and anticipate events. Uh, and uh, one, one is threatened. It was a tremendous threat of evil. I mean, it was a, a very personal experience of evil. My understanding is, is that you went out with this protector of yours who swore that you were uh, his adopted godson. Yes, yes. Went out, in fact, and helped in the confiscation of property from the Jews. That's right. That's right. Like, he li li like I, I know, you notice how it got spun even in the article? Uh, and they didn't even say that this was the quote. I mean, he straight up asked him, you you were part of confiscating this stuff, right? And he's like, yeah, no, that's right. Let's bring it back. It's like, bring it back. This And this is where his character was made, man. A personal experience of evil. My understanding is, is that you went out with this protector of yours who swore that you were uh, his adopted godson. Yes, yes. Went out, in fact, and helped in the confiscation of property yes. from the Jews. That's right. I mean, that's, that sounds uh, like an experience that would send lots of people to the psychiatric couch for many, many years. Was it difficult? Uh, uh, not, not, not at all. Not at all. It, uh, maybe as a child you don't, you don't see the connection, uh, but it, was, it created no, no problem at all. No feeling of guilt? No. For example, that uh, I'm Jewish... Uh, and here I am watching these people go, I could just as easily be there. I should be there. None of that. Well, uh, of course, I, uh, I could be on the other side, or I could be the one from whom it, the thing is being taken away. Uh, um, but there was no sense that I shouldn't be there, because uh, that was... Uh, uh, well, actually, funny way, it's just like in markets that if I weren't there, of course I wasn't doing it, but somebody else would 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 be taking it away anyhow. In a now, notice how he frames it there, and he's been looking up and how do I frame this? He's like, well, again, it's it's one of those situations. Well, if it's if it's not me, it's somebody else. But he's like, I wasn't doing it, but I was kind of doing it. I wasn't do. I kind of was, but I'm a yeah, I was doing it. <laughs> I mean, I, I think here. I mean, again, 
no remorse. No remorse. I mean, some people would say when that's the thing that shapes him, that's kind of a sociopathy. Was the, whether I was there or not, I was only a spectator. The property was being taken away. So I had no role in taking away that property. So I had no sense of guilt. Are you religious? No. Do you believe in God? No. Soros told us he believes God was created by man, not the other way around, which may be why he thinks he can smooth out the world's imperfections. And that's a, a great observation. Uh, at the end of the day, these people that do not believe in a higher power or a God or a soul, uh, they believe that they are gods and that they should, it's that social Darwinist attitude that I, I should rule because I do. I mean, think about how much amoral or immoral activity we've just been talking about with Soros right here. And it, we're 10 minutes into the clip. I think there's about three minutes left in this clip. I mean, I'm not saying journalism was grand back in the day, but it just, it's so much different now than this. Like, those are kind of tough questions. That, that there, you notice there were no cuts there either. They let Soros say what he was going to say. When we went with him to Ukraine, he was treated like a visiting head of state oh. and was received by the president. Then he was received by the prime minister and finally the central bank. 20% in cash. They even allowed him to look at the books and asked him for advice. Lots of people want George Soros's advice. Most recently, South African President Nelson Mandela. Actually, President Mandela uh, asked me how could South Africa protect itself against speculators like you. And I told him, I wrote him a memo trying to give him the best advice I could uh, how to uh, uh, reduce the, the, the uh, exposure of South Africa to, to speculative attack. That's the old stop me before, before I kill again approach, right? We're telling this is what you can do to stop me. Whether I... Stop me before I kill again. And he's chuckling. He's like, yeah, it kind of is. Yep, that's... Please. I mean... Psh. It was a different time in 1998. I, I, boy, oh, I couldn't even legally drink. Or somebody else... Uh, does whatever is happening in the markets, it really doesn't make any difference to the outcome. I don't feel guilty because I'm engaged in an amoral activity which is not meant to have anything to do with guilt. Part of the reason he is so rich is that the Soros hedge funds operate offshore in the Netherlands Antilles to avoid scrutiny by the Securities and Exchange Commission. So even while Soros tells Congress and the Treasury that hedge funds must be regulated to stop the global crisis, he's avoiding the rules. Why is it that, uh, that Americans can't invest in the quantum fund? It's an offshore fund. Why is that? Because the fund is not registered with the Securities and Exchange Commission. Uh, so so uh, uh, we, we are not licensed to do business in the United States. That's right. Because? Be, because we are not registered with the Securities and Exchange Commission. We, 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 because we, we find it more convenient to operate without it. 
We find it more convenient not to be regulated in any way. Less people to bribe. Let, you know, and again, you think guys like this are paying any kind of real taxes at the end of the day, especially when they have the guise of being the good guys. Oh, they're the good guys. Again, this is the hardest hitting you'll ever see on Soros, even up till this day in the mainstream media on one of the big networks, ABC, CBS, even Fox. So now that the Tuckins is gone, you know, they'll let you rail off against George Soros as, as long as you have Carl Rove on to talk about it, right? Carl Rove. So in some ways it's to escape regulation. Yeah, that's right. you've been sitting here talking about uh, the need for regulation. Yes, and whatever regulations are imposed, we will obey, we will, we will, we, we already confirm to every, uh, conform to everything. If the beneficiaries of Soros's billions do not understand the intricacies of SEC rules and offshore hedge funds, they do understand what he's done for them. The president of Haiti is reading his new book, The Crisis of Global Capitalism. And so is President Clinton. Will all the attention spoil George Soros? George Soros, in a way, is, uh, is Donald Trump without the humility. <laughs> One of your money manager told us uh, uh, that, uh, you know... Uh, Think about that line. I mean, that guy's the best, right? Carnivore of the highest order, look into a, a, mortal man, a mere mortal's eyes and suck the blood from his face. Donald Trump without the humility. Think about that comparison in 2023. Without the, I mean, seriously, like you might not like Donald Trump, but when he talks about business, he doesn't talk about taking advantage of everybody. (laughs) But that also kind of flips it on his face and it lets you know that Trump behind the scenes is obviously a vicious businessman. We've talked about that gangster style. I mean, that's, that's just, that guy's gold, man. George really does think he's a god. <laughs> I mean, if you think that you're a god and you go into financial markets, you are bound to come out broke. So the fact that I'm not broke shows that I don't believe that I'm god. The, f- of all- the fact that I'm not broke shows that I don't believe that I'm god. But these people do believe that they are fit to rule. And I want to play this uh, media piece... Uh, from, I think, 2008, where Gates, Soros, Turner, Oprah, Bloomberg, they're the good guys. They're the super rich friends. The price of admission is a billion dollars and a philanthropic heart. And that meets the pricey requirements recently held in a secret meeting, a private meeting in New York City. ABC's John Berman has the scoop on who was there and what was going on. Behind closed doors on this New York campus, a secret gathering of some of the world's most powerful people. Gates, Buffett, Bloomberg, Winfrey. It was like, well, it was like the Super Friends. In the great hall of the Justice League, there are assembled the world's four greatest heroes. Together with others at the meeting, including George Soros, Ted Turner, David Rockefeller, they're worth more than $125 billion. To have been in the room and and see this meeting of the minds really would have been a fascinating thing. That much money, that much power around one table. It begs the question, what were they doing? What were they scheming? Total world domination? 
This group, together for six hours, was talking about charity, education, emergency relief, global health. All my friends are philanthropic. Well, they probably wouldn't be my friends. An official at the Gates Foundation told ABCnews.com the overwhelming reason for the meeting was need. That was the issue that galvanized everyone to participate. Together, they've given away $70 billion since 1996. And with the sagging economy, their help could be just what struggling charities need. Charities are hurting, and somebody has to speak for all these charities. And if they want philanthropy to be robust in the future in the United States, these are the people where you really want to be talking about it. The new Superman and Wonder Woman, the super rich friends, not fighting bad guys, but fighting for good nonetheless. For Good Morning America, John Berman, ABC News, New York. Just so everybody knows, uh, it was actually David Rockefeller Jr. that attended that one, too. Again, the nepotism. Media got that one wrong. It was reported correctly in other places. That they were there to, in a bid to curb overpop. Oh, the good guys. The good guys. There they are. Ooh, yeah, there they are. They're the super rich friends. In 10 years, it went from, <laughs> you know, uh, stop it before you kill again carnivore of the highest order collaborating with nazis to super rich friends the super rich friends one more word from our sponsor then we're gonna do our final segment in the first hour everybody and we'll be back in a moment Folks, we have a huge problem on our hands. A banking crisis is spiraling, and it's all thanks to the current administration's reckless spending, sky-high inflation, and massive interest rate hikes. Now, these banks are suffering, and guess what? They can legally seize your savings without notice to bail themselves out. That's right. Thanks to a sneaky law passed back in 2008, it's now legal for banks to take your hard-earned money, including your retirement savings, to save themselves. Now, this could leave your retirement accounts decimated and you paying the price for their disastrous policies. Take action now before it's too late. Now, this guide will show you how to defend your money and keep your retirement savings safe from the banking crisis and the current administration's financial fiasco. This simple and 100% legal strategy may help you protect your retirement against higher taxes, soaring inflation, and a volatile economy. So don't let your golden years be ruined by someone else's mistakes. To secure your free wealth protection guide and safeguard what's rightfully yours. Don't wait. The time to act is now. Stand up against the poison of white supremacy as I did my inaugural address to a single out as the most dangerous terrorist threat to our homeland is white supremacy. And I'm not saying this because I'm at a black HBCU. I say it wherever I go. One thing that we're really overlooking, you know, there's often when we talk about disinformation, a desire to either 
ban uh, Chinese um, or Russian media from coming to our press briefings and things like that. There's a desire to really push back strongly against the state organs. I think one of the most important things that we could be doing right now as a government is to be communicating more effectively and transparently about this crisis. Uh, we still see President Trump giving his press briefings every day. I am glad there is a desire to inform the people. I am not sure that is necessarily the motivation behind those briefings. So just so we're, everybody understands what we're watching, um, the reason I brought in Joe for the white supremacy is because that's the new narrative push. And guys like Mehdi Hassan, who is on MSNBC, and some of the worst propaganda out there. He, he's a horrible person, knows exactly what he's doing, is a total hack, was begging for jobs. I mean, talk about a sellout, a loser, Mehdi Hassan. It's very simple. If you're not a white supremacist, you shouldn't get really annoyed or upset when the president condemns white supremacists. Yeah, because no one in, his, in the history of humanity has been called something they weren't by a known professional liar before. Every time you have these labels out from people in authority, okay, and, and that label of white supremacy and then domestic terror and homeland, that, that's, you don't have constitutional rights. So if you get that label... You are flickleschnicked. You are fuckleschnucked. You get it? It's the old screw job McGinty. McGinty. And that woman there right now, I'm going to let her finish with, with her hate and lies. Uh, this is in April of 2020. You know, like about three weeks into the COVID-1984 lockdown nightmare. All right, look at look at the smile on this person's face. You know, wants the briefings because she wants the authoritarianism and the Fauciism, wants to just burn Trump. This is the one they wanted for their misinformation and disinformation ministry of truth, who is now not only suing Fox News, but, but, okay, allowed to have a GoFundMe where, and, and, this person will probably get to the $100,000 for this lawsuit. Insane. Insane. Think, think about that. The, the, this psychopath isn't just going to get like $100,000 for it. We're going to sue and probably get a settlement of even more, even more, despite honest reporting on this person. And they're trying to stop free speech. I, the, the, I mean, we played that video of the clown show over there. And their narrative, okay, their narrative is climate change is to blame for everything. I mean, everything. Everything. In fact, the migrant crisis, that's climate change. That's the clip we're going to play after this. So, you know, <laughs> we got to be very aware of people like this. Because these are the same people, okay, telling you what? Not only uh, can, can men be women... But things like this are okay. The girls are living in constant fear. University of Wyoming sorority sisters blast college for letting six foot two inch, 260 pound trans woman pre-op move back into their house after claiming she peeps to them while visibly aroused. Just the, the fact, I mean, I mean, is that Chris Farley? Is that the ghost of the far? Just insane. 
Insan it's gone insane. It's crazy. Insanity. Yeah, so let's let a nut job like this be in control of the narrative, okay, and what we are allowed to say and what we aren't, what's going to be criminalized, and who is a white supremacist and who isn't. Yeah, Maddie, you know, we should totally go along with a crew that is called black men, like Larry Elder, white supremacists, you psychopath. Let's get back to, to Jankowicz. Yeah, she totally sounds sane in this, by the way. Um. But the thing that, I, that worries me the most about them is that he and the administration are not necessarily on the same page about their talking points, so people are come away confused, and B, they're not modeling good behavior. At oh, you're not behaving well. Jeez. Oh, see, then they, they admit it's about your behavior. It's you're not modeling good behavior. According to who? According to this nut job? That's singing into her phone about misinformation and disinformation? No thanks. Those briefings. They should not be holding them in person anymore. Uh, as much as they are trying to socially distance the reporters in the room, people are putting their lives at risk, in including the life of the president and, and the doctors who are advising him. A lot of other countries are doing these briefings digitally. We're doing this briefing digitally. I think we need to model that good behavior and continue to communicate transparently, to prioritize experts and scientists over politicians and pundits. Experts and scientists over politicians and pundits, but they have to be our experts and our scientists. <laughs> but we'll let our pundits say whatever they like. You watched yesterday? You watched that uncensored second hour? Oh boy. Oh boy. You, you saw it again and again and again. Colbert gets to lie. Kimmel gets to lie. Right? Lemon gets to lie. You got a rebranding of Chris Cuomo, by the way. Um, I'm not even sure we're going to get to it in the first hour. Uh, about, now he's telling you the truth on the border crisis, right? I'm sure he's going to tell you the truth about Russia and the, and the Durham report now, right? I'm sure they're going to start reporting Cuomo and, and the like over at, uh, I think it's Dan Abrams thing, that, oh, John Brennan does admit that the 51 intelligence officer letter was political. No kidding. Yo, was it political? Derp it a derp. Derp it a derp. Let's uh, let's let little Miss Insanity here finish it up, and then it's gonna get into a, a, an actual local news clip saying, "Hey, the new normal is just people migrating here because of the climate crisis, because of climate disasters." What? That's that's not real. That's imagination land. And uh, if we start to do that, we will have uh, put ourselves on a different informational footing. Um, than a lot of the other countries who are dealing with this crisis. And I hope to start to see that in the future. I think the larger issue here is what are we doing to get people through the system? Uh, because if all we're doing is warehousing people, then there's no end in sight. An immigrant advocacy group in New York City says these asylum seekers are fighting for their future and their children. A lot of them are fleeing political situations or climate disasters. Climate disasters. No, look. They, if you don't realize what this really is, this is the, the takeover. These immigrants are waiting 10 years to get an asylum court date. You know what that means? Okay, they obviously aren't serious about it. They obviously don't expect these people to 
show up 10 years from now unless, unless for some reason, they're not adhering to the 2030, 2035 norms, the 2030 agenda. By the way, that agenda is very much out in the open right here. Migration and the 2030 agenda. There's a, there's actually, oh, I don't know, a 150-page paper on it by the people pushing it. This is a, that's, I mean, that's the AP. So basically, they want to push everything forward, let them in. Hopefully they do you know, what the status quo wants. And then any rogues won't get asylum in 10 years. They'll be deported. Like this is, this is whoa next level. And it's because of the climate crisis. Oh, climate disaster. Look at this, look at this person. Nat Make the road New York, Natalia Aristizabal. Would you listen to anything that person said to you? I mean, anything. Let's hear it again. Political situations or climate disasters, um, which is the new world that we're in and in, in, in outcomes of other decisions. As this humanitarian crisis continues, Merrick Eric Adams says, we are out of space. Nothing is off the table as we work to fill our moral mandate, but we should all expect this crisis to affect every city's service. How many of them are in Gracie Mansion? How many of in um, Adams' backyard? They're in our backyard. Why aren't they in his? Well, because he's the installed puppet that said all the right things on the run-up and got some decent media coverage because he was an ex-cop. But again, cops can be just as corrupt, if not more, than everybody. Sorry. Again, how? Wh what do you think the vast majority of the, the Fed fronts over there were? Other than federal informants, federal agents, law enforcement officers. And not because they're quote-unquote white supremacists. It's because they're play-acting. They're LARPing. They're, they're creating this idea that a straight white men, they're the big enemy because they encompass the largest part of this population. And then you can just say, whoever you want, white supremacy. White supremacy, the gift that continues to keep on giving. And, and you know what? Let's play a little bit of this now. Now, Cuomo's going to tell you the truth. Little, little, little Chrissy's back all of a sudden. He slams Bida and the media for ignoring this. Yeah, forget his brother is a capo. Forget about his brother's policies that he not only defended but promoted and did comedy skits with. Remember, remember his brother got an Emmy Award? My God. Hey, I'm Chris Cuomo. It is Monday. We're live, and we're here on the border in El Paso, Texas. Uh, this is one of the famous or infamous gates uh, where we've seen scenes of people pouring through uh, all of the hordes of migrants that have become such a frightful image on our televisions and our computer screens all over. Imagine if Donnie T said it was a frightful image. They'd be all over him. But they're going to let Chris Cuomo talk about it now. Yeah. Uh, we saw what it was. The director will show you what kinds of groups and crowds we had seen that was making everybody so worried about what will happen when Title 42, the emergency measure that the Trump administration executed to allow people during COVID to be restricted from here for not being vaccinated, not being able to show whether or not they'd had coronavirus, and then it was going to end and what would happen. And we saw all of these massive things and you heard all the politics about how there was going to be an invasion. And now there's literally almost no one here. And for you, 
The absence of people should be more frightening than seeing the big groups. Because when you see big groups, that means you know where migrants are, migrants whose identities they don't know, whose criminal backgrounds they don't know, whose intentions they don't know. Wow. A lot, a lot of Trump talk right there. One more commercial. I'm going to briefly come back on the flip of that commercial for you guys to introduce what's coming up in the second hour over at the RVM Rumble. But I use IP Vanish, so why not you? We love the Internet, but the Internet is tracking everything you do. Take control of your online privacy with IP Vanish. People with malicious intent are everywhere watching you. Criminals can hack your Wi-Fi, while broadband providers and advertisers monitor your data. With IP Vanish on your device, your internet activity is encrypted. No one can see what you're doing. Your location, your connection, completely hidden. Protect your internet privacy today with IP Vanish. All right, YouTube, this is the time to thumbs it up, subscribe, share. Come on over to the RVM Rumble, where the second hour is free, 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 free. Um, we're going to be talking about uh, a young girl with Down syndrome at 19 that because of hospital protocol, pre-boopity-boop, they murdered this girl. And I talked to her father, and I thought it was something we were going to do for tomorrow, but the guy was extremely educated on what the complete agenda is. Can't really talk about that agenda on YouTube, so come on over. Uh, it's going to be an important broadcast. We'll see you later, YouTube. All right. With that being said, we are going to queue this interview up. It goes for about 45 minutes, so there will be a wrap-up. We're going to talk about a couple other stories on the flip side. I do want to remind everybody, redvoicemedia.com slash uncensored, 10 bucks a month does it. You get two extra interviews. We're going to have two more for you next week, but the Zach Voorhees, the Slow News Day, Good times and nursery rhymes. Uh, I'd encourage people to please, please check it out because it is a good one. All right, let me see what we got here. Make sure that we've got the correct desktops up. Uh, I don't believe that we do, but we will in a moment, folks. I promise you that. Okay. So without further ado, and thank you guys for coming over and thank you for supporting the broadcast. Remember, comments in the bottom. Linking it up. Sending it. Sending out the emails. That's how we do it. That's how <coughs> we bring it to you live four days a week, guys. So please support the broadcast. Here we go. My interview with Scott Shera. Hey, everybody. Jason Burmis here. And this is a really difficult story to go over. And I feel like a lot of the horrors that we have endured the last several years have largely been forgotten. And when we talk about this COVID-1984 nightmare, a lot of focus has gone into the shots and the mandates. But what I think is important to remember is that prior to that, we had a biomedical tyranny that separated us from our families, did not allow us to receive life saving medication that was commonplace prior and instead restrict treatment to one of what I would say is the equivalent to a guaranteed torture fest or even death. And the story we're going to talk about today 
is unfortunately one in which um, we have a death and of a teenage girl. And Scott Shara is here to talk about that story. Um, when you read the details of it, it is as nightmarish as it gets, but not an uncommon one where your daughter was administered medication that you did not approve, was separated from her sister, which eventually ended up probably being her undoing. And again, you know, my family lost my aunt to a similar protocol where she was taken off all of her medications, separated from her family, given remdesivir, put on a ventilator and died. And this is a story that, you know, a lot of people are uncomfortable with and aren't talking about anymore, but we need to hold these people accountable. So you, Scott, have a uh, website up called ouramazinggrace.net in honor of your daughter's life um, that not only tells this horrific story, but but one of a family being together. And uh, I just want you to take us through it. And I want to thank you for coming on to talk about this stuff because I know it can't be easy. Well, it's not easy. Thankfully, God gave me a, an ability to compartmentalize the story when I'm on the air. I have done this about 500 times now. I've only lost it a couple times, Jason, so hopefully today won't be one of those. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, just to key off of your intro, you did a great job with the intro. People really have no idea what's going on with the hospital lane. I'm in the hospital murder lane, and that's what I am exposing. This is a big deal. And so before I introduce Grace and her story, which I'm willing to tell the story because it's unique, but I want to share that it's not uncommon. In fact, it's very common. The United States, just to frame this, in the 39 months of, we'll call it the COVID era, had 1.2 million hospital deaths with COVID as a diagnosis. All right, so you think, well, is that a big number, a little number? Well, but even before I go into that, I'll just say that had to happen. The hospital deaths had to happen to facilitate this propaganda for the jab, to create the fear so that people would take a bioweapon with no research. I mean, so the hospital murders were set up so that, you know, there's even a bigger kill coming, which is the results of the jab. You know, this thing was never a vaccine, which, you know, we won't dive into that because that's not my lane, but I, I have uh, done well, some research. Lane, on sir, I'll tell you right now, you are spot on. And a lot of people won't come to that realization, but my audience knows this was DARPA driven. It was partnered with Moderna back in 2013 with their mRNA partnership, which expanded to the Bill and Melinda Gates right. Foundation, Institute, Pasteur, Merck, Barda, and all of them. And th this, once you have the Defense Department involved in anything, they have no reason to tell you the truth. And that's the hard right. truth. And, and people don't realize that. So, yes, I mean, that is a big part of it. But before that, they cut us off from regular medicine. You said 1.4 million deaths. Well, magically, according, according to the authoritarian, I mean, authoritative sources, the flu disappeared in the year of 2020 to 2021. After the year before, having literally 400,000 plus hospitalizations, in February of that year, they had 169. Not 169,000, they said it disappeared. Even Fauci, in that viral clip where he was confronted by somebody who said it was a campaign of fear, Fauci goes, well, how many people die every year of the flu? Uh, the flu? And he starts to answer. And he goes, well, virtually nobody died last year 
Think about that impossibility that they told us under this guise. It's absolutely right. obscene and absurd. And I'm sorry to cut you off, but listen, feel free to discuss everything here because we've got to let people know. Like when we say bioweapon, we mean it. And, and it is disturbing because mRNA was never a vaccine. It was always a gene therapy or drug and never had that classification before this, Mr. Shera. Continue. Well, that, that's right. I released a paper in January titled, They Can Legally Kill Us, the second largest PSYOP in U.S. history. And in that paper, I disclosed the Brooke Jackson case and the evidence that is right from the pleadings the pleadings of the U.S. government saying that this jab is, you know, Pfizer is not guilty of, you know, Brooke Jackson is a, a whistleblower. She filed the False Claims Act on January 8th of 2021. And that case just got dismissed in March. So just think through how corrupt the government is to dismiss that case. The judiciary system is also in on it. But that case, the, in that case, the government disclosed, Pfizer disclosed, the contract with the Department of Defense, which didn't require them to do any testing because it was never a vaccine. And then the U.S. government, instead of supporting Brooke Jackson, supported Pfizer. And, you know, they admitted, yeah, there's nothing in the contract that requires any testing. So, and so I have that document on uh both on Grace's website and on my deprogramming podcast so that people can see it. So that's back in January if you go to the deprogramming tab on Grace's website. So now the 1.2 million hospital deaths, I want to frame this because we had to get our deaths at that level in order to implement the propaganda machine. And that number, when you compare it to number two, we're number one in the entire world with COVID hospital deaths. Number two is a country that only has 531,000 deaths. So less than half of the US, their population is four times that of the United States and their footprint on the planet is only one third that of the United States. And that country is India. So you think through, well, how did this happen? Well, it's because through the public health emergency, which then implemented the PREP Act, the immunity from liability, which then gave the FDA authority to implement emergency use authorizations. They implemented emergency use authorizations for two killer methods. One was remdesivir, which has a 75% kill rate, this ventilator, which has a 90% kill rate. Grace didn't die of either one of those. And I think God was involved in that level of detail so that this story would not ever be told as a COVID-related story. Grace's story is about exposing the euthanasia eugenics agenda that the United States is championing. And, you know, we're going to get into that. But let me introduce Grace right now and and the story so people at least have an idea of what what is this old guy doing here? What's the purpose? Well, you know, Grace's death motivated me you know, after a few months uh, to become a full-time advocate. I own a business. I thankfully was able to turn the business over to my guys for the day-to-day -day operations so that I can do this full-time. This has become a full-time job, if you want to call it that. It's over 70 hours a week. We've been doing everything, research, uh, you know, 500 media appearances. We filed a lawsuit on April 11th. Well, what's the reason? Well, my little buddy is not here anymore. 
my little buddy grace represents 1.2 million families and we've been given the ability through god opening many 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 doors to be able to get this story out to wake people up so grace was 19 years old when she was murdered uh, she had down syndrome she was extremely high functioning for somebody with down syndrome you know of course she had the love gene like everybody with down syndrome oh yeah there's like there's a great picture of grace on the screen so that was at my daughter jessica's wedding so when i say grace is high functioning she played violin she played it i can't help falling in love with you by elvis presley at grace at uh, jessica my daughter's wedding you know that's how high functioning she was i taught her how to drive a car uh, her sense of humor was beyond what you would ever expect. When she was 18, I took her to the Department of Motor Vehicles. She didn't have a driver's license yet, uh, but I took her there to get an ID so she could vote. Well, then after we got the ID, I, I made an appointment with the branch manager at the local credit union where we bank. And so we got into her office and got a checking account set up for Grace. And then the manager said to Grace, uh, would you also like a credit card? And Grace said, well, of course. And so then the manager said, well, what would you like the limit to be? And Grace said, 30. And the manager said, $30? And Grace said, no, 30000 You know, <laughs> hello, hello, manager. I mean, I can't spend $30, right? <laughs> and you know, Grace was smart enough to know dad's going to pay the bill, right? So anyway, so I, you know, I miss her. I miss her terribly. And I don't want, you know, my worst enemy, I wouldn't want their best buddy to die like this. So you can't help speaking out, you know, and God has thankfully um, allowed us to do that. And it's it's a wonderful opportunity. So what happened to Grace is the timing here was October of 2021. We believe that she had COVID. You know, I, I don't know that we'll ever know that for sure. But ultimately, we were following the FLCCC protocol which required you know ivermectin of course vitamins so we were on everything uh, but one of the things that we made a mistake with is we bought a pulse ox which is to monitor your oxygen saturation level and i say a mistake because we had no baseline so we we're monitoring her oxygen level faithfully it dropped to 88 percent on october 6th we had unfortunately been influenced by the fear propaganda and took her dutifully to the hospital and ultimately admitted her to the hospital and she was killed seven days later you know so you know i do want to mention this even though it's more than a mention is when i say that we bought into the fear propaganda it's real important for people to understand that is the main tool they use and who is they the satanic minions and you know so our government is an arm of satan and we have to realize they're going to use fear as propaganda and unfortunately that mistake of being influenced by the fear cost my daughter her life and i have to and our family has to live without her because of that mistake that i made so if there's anything you know i'm going to share a lot of details but more than anything they're going to keep using this tactic and if you can realize that God did not give us a spirit of fear, when fear comes in, go opposite, it will save your life. God is there to protect us. If I would not not have succumbed to that spirit of fear, grace would be alive today. And I know that with 100% certainty because 
three days after Grace died, I went into a different hospital and I was significantly worse. I just about died the first night and they turned me around in 24 hours. And there's many, many, many people who have been turned around with oxygen in their oxygen saturation in their 80s. You don't need a hospital stay because of oxygen saturation in your 80s. Grace was fine. She just had a bad cold. So anyway, what happened then is we walked through it. I, I was with her in the room, which is one of the reasons our story is unique uh, because most people, 99 plus percent of families were not able to be in the room. I was in the room with Grace from October 6th until the 10th. I was taken out by an armed guard on the 10th. On the 10th. We had to hire an attorney to get my daughter Jessica in as a replacement advocate. My wife could not do it at the time because she had COVID. So Jessica was with Grace um, on October 12th and 13th, part of the day on the 11th. During the 47 hours where we did not have advocacy, we found out after getting the records after Grace died, they started Grace on a sedation med called Presidex on October 9th. I was taken out on the 10th. The 11th, Jessica was there partial. And then the 12th, uh, the full day, the 13th, Grace's last day, the full day. During the 47 hours, we didn't have advocacy. They increased the dose of Presidex seven different times. So they sedated my little buddy instead of taking her taking care of her. The Presidex package insert says specifically to not use that drug for more than 24 hours. If you do, it causes acute respiratory failure. This is one of the things they told the truth on. On Grace's death certificate, the first cause of death listed is acute respiratory failure. And it was a direct cause and effect from the doctor choosing to put Grace on a sedation med that she had no business even being on. But for more than 24 hours to boot, and that was the first cause of death. The second cause of death listed on her death certificate is COVID-19 pneumonia. That is a complete lie. Grace did not have COVID-19 when she died, of course. I mean, even if she had it at the beginning, we're way beyond that time. But they list that as, as the cause of death so they can receive their $13,000 death bonus. But how Grace died was on top of Presidex, uh, they gave her lorazepam and morphine, and in a 29-minute window, all those drugs were administered, and none of us could have survived that combination. That is what they give to people to euthanize them in hospice care in their last hour of life. And that, I think God allowed Grace to die with that specific med combination to get me into the, I'm analytical, so I do a lot of research, and to realize, you know, it took me a long time to realize Grace was murdered, but then you start digging and then you I uncovered the euthanasia agenda that was legalized with Obamacare, which we'll talk about in a bit. But, you know, ultimately, to make matters worse, you know, we have Presidex for five graces on it for five days on her last day. Presidex number two is combining Presidex with lorazepam and morphine. And then number three, Jessica called Cindy and I now. This is at Grace, you know, we had a call just to set the stage for that day. We had a call with the doctor in the morning of Grace's last day. He said, Grace had such a good day yesterday. We should work on nutrition. Let's insert a feeding tube. You know, all these things are positive. Let's get her out of bed and watch TV. Well, they had already strapped her down to the bed before the phone call. While we're on the phone call, they increased the Presidex to the maximum allowable dose. Simultaneous with hanging up the call, the doctor put an illegal do not resuscitate order on Grace. Of course, we strung all this together and going through the records. But that evening, we found out about the DNR because when 
Jessica called Cindy and I at 7.20. They gave Grace the morphine at 6.15. So an hour and five minutes later, she's Grace is getting cold. She's begging the nurses to come in. Nobody would come in the room. So she called us panicking and said, Dad, Grace's numbers are dropping like crazy. I said, get the nurses in. She said, they won't come in. They refuse. So Cindy and I, through the FaceTime call, started screaming, save our daughter. And they hollered back from outside the room, she's DNR. And we hollered, she's not DNR, save our daughter. They refused. And we we watched her die seven minutes later on a FaceTime call. So that's about as short as I can compact Grace's story. It has motivated a campaign uh, that yeah, hundreds of thousands of people are following right now. Uh, you can follow the campaign and her story at graceshara.com. Uh, if you go there, it's a landing page. It, it just asks you for your name and email. And we're, we're after, you know, as many, you know, we'd like to get 500,000 people following the story so that when we have calls to action, we have a way to connect with people. So if there's one thing that you do today as, a, as far as your own uh, doing something with your own talents, please go to graceshara.com, enter your email and name. And my daughter, Jessica, is in charge of that website. She is Oh, thank you for bringing that up, Jason. Mm -hmm. And she is um, sending out regular updates. Uh, we have a big update today. You know, it won't go out until next week, but the the uh, defendants for the lawsuit have to respond today by state statute to, to our summons and complaints. So we're going to know a lot more at the end of the day than we do uh, at the beginning today. So, Jason, do you have any other questions right now? That was pretty intense, I know. I mean, it, it, listen. The story is completely nightmarish, especially when you enter the human element that these people are well aware of what they're doing. I mean, you've been in the hospital. You've been by your daughter's side. You're begging them to resuscitate. They they talk about a DNR that you're not a part of. I mean, that's the extent of it. You talked about Obamacare, but there is, and a lot of people don't want to accept this, this agenda where people like Bill Gates and others have said, hey, you know, maybe we shouldn't put all this money into end-of-life care for grandma, if it's going to be a better uh, life for the youth. And now you have literally euthanasia pods in Europe and commercials. I don't know if you've seen them, where they're celebrating this woman's midlife depression where she's just going to take her own life. In Canada, euthanasia is now government-administered for something like depression, if you want it to be. This is a campaign, this is a, you, you mentioned the term eugenics, a eugenics campaign where the vast majority of us, and it doesn't matter what skin color you are, what God you worship, what gender, gender you identify as, there is a predator class that sees you as a useless eater and a feeder and unnecessary at this point. And right now, we, we have now seen more than just the stepping stones, we've seen the infrastructure built on a regimentation of all human beings under a biomedical techno-fascist tyranny that really the likes of Hitler and the Nazis could never dream of, Scott. Well, you're right. I'm looking for a piece of paper here that I want to read because you're spot on with that. And what it, you're, you're referencing Europe and Canada's MAID program is a perfect segue into the bombshell I want to lay on your audience, and that is, we're the ones who invented it, okay? The United States invented it. We were the first one with a MADE program, 
and I'm going to prove it here with some documents. This is mind-blowing stuff. We are literally the first ones with the MAID program, but we always point our finger projecting our sin on everybody else, those naughty Europeans, those naughty Canadians. But the reality is we, we've always been first to the game. We were before Hitler. We invented eugenics. Hitler stole our technology. So this is real important for people to understand. We have been, the, the article I referenced, I called it the, the one I wrote in January, the second largest PSYOP in America. And that is this whole COVID thing. But so then the logical thing is, what's the first largest PSYOP? The first largest PSYOP is that we live in the land of the free and the home of the brave. That's a complete lie. And it's a complete lie so that they can enslave us and get us to think that we're the beacon on the hill. We are not the beacon on the hill. We are the we are the instigators behind all of this. The numbers I shared with you with COVID hospital deaths obviously prove that. You know, that proves it beyond a shadow of a doubt. But I'm going to give you some legal documents that prove it. So you mentioned this idea of useless eaters. Of course, nobody yet is brash enough to call Grace a useless eater that's in our government, but they did call her something else. And I'll just explain it by this. In 1996, Ezekiel Emanuel, who is the chief architect of Obamacare, what he said in 1996 was, quote, services provided to individuals who are irreversibly prevented from being or becoming participating citizens are not basic and should not be guaranteed. Okay, so Grace was not a useless eater, but she was a non-participating citizen. So guess what, folks? Every one of us are going to be a non-participating citizen at some time. What's the definition of a non-participating citizen? You have to, what's the definition of a participating citizen? So it'd be everybody outside of that. So a participating citizen is all dummies who have become slaves and obediently pay their taxes. That's the participating citizen. So those are the ones that will live. All the non-participating citizens, the people who have checked out of the illegal fiat system, the people who are elderly, Medicare, Medicaid, which interestingly, through COVID, they relaxed the rules on purpose so that they could set up this euthanasia agenda. Before COVID, there were 62 million Americans on Medicare and Medicaid. Now there's 100 million. A third of our population is on government assistance. What's the reason? Because they need to have the programming take place. We've been programmed that we want the government to pay for our medical, so we don't have to pay for it ourselves. So now when 70% of the population who got the JR are gonna have medical problems, most of them are on Medicare and Medicaid. They go to their doctor and they're going to sign their death certificate with the doctor. And they're going to do that because this was codified into law on March 23rd of 2010 with Obamacare. And Obamacare proves all of them are in on it, the Republicans and Democrats. All of them had a chance to not vote this in. And the Republicans specifically had an opportunity to reverse this. But they didn't. Okay. Obamacare, to frame this, Obamacare is 974 pages long. You can Google it yourself. It's a 974-page document. You can download the PDF. Take a look at page 141. Page 141 is what I'm going to go through right now. Page 141 is titled, I got to get it out here, Jason, so bear with me. I'll say this. While, while we're waiting for that, just one one quick observation. You know, you're talking about 
all of this going on and the fact that they want you in this socialized medicine system. And I think people get lost in that because they say, well, we have this tax system. Shouldn't we get some kind of medical care? And I would argue, of course we should, but we should have our own choices on the doctors and the type of medicines that we want to be prescribed. When you have socialized medicine like this, and it was never more apparent than what this COVID-1984 protocol that you're not going to have access to those things. You will have to jump through the hoops of whatever they administer, or you will not have access to certain things like travel or even food, as we saw in other countries, such as Israel, where they had like a 98% plus uh, vaccination rate, but that 2% weren't allowed to go grocery shopping. That's how they make you adhere to this. So when we're talking about that type of medicine and socialized medicine, it's another manner of control where they can administer whatever they like to you and you don't really get proper medical care. It's an extension of the system you're about to talk about. Well, that's right on. I'm going to actually expand on that a bit because, Jason, you are a fantastic host. Your questions really, you know, it, we're gelling together great and I really like this. So. What the, I want to talk about the programming a bit. So first, we're programmed to trust the white coat because we were programmed to believe that they're following the Hippocratic Oath. Well, the Hippocratic Oath, just even think about that. A doctor wrote me a couple of weeks ago. He said, Scott, just so you know, we never had to sign anything relative to the Hippocratic Oath. The Hippocratic Oath was invented as a straw man to get us to think that doctors are following the Hippocratic Oath. So we would trust the white coat. Okay, so now... You go into the white coat and you say, hey, I got an ailment. So then they, now they do a biopsy on you and um, you've got cancer. So the doctor says, well, the good news is I can get you in radiation and or chemo next week. So we've been programmed radiation and chemo. That's the only cures, right? So we're we're programmed to trust the white coat. We're, now we're programmed to, for radiation and chemo. I mean, nothing could be further from the truth. So this is socialized medicine. Again, we point our fingers at all the countries that have socialized medicine. We'll never go there. Remember Obama, biggest lie of the year, your doctor, your choice, right? Okay, so, you know, we already have, you just, you eloquently pointed out how we have socialized medicine, and I'm drilling it down to the boots on the ground level. I'm going to uh, do one more thing since this is top of mind. Mm -hmm. um, I'm going to just, and hopefully this comes through and we'll, we'll evaluate it afterward. I'm just going to play this real quick. Thank you for calling Smith Pharmacy. We continue to offer COVID vaccinations for those over the age of 12 every Tuesday from 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. on a walk-in basis. No appointment is needed. We currently have the Pfizer bivalent and Novavax vaccines available. The second bivalent booster is now approved and those that are 65 years old and haven't had a COVID vaccine in the last four months are eligible. Feel free to contact us with additional questions. Okay, so what is that? You saw I just dialed the number, mm -hmm. okay? That is, so I believe in supporting local businesses. This is our local pharmacy. This is not a chain. This is a local pharmacy. So when I the re I saw this about uh, it was about three weeks ago I did a refill on my ivermectin prescription I'm not in any meds but I wanted to get the refill of the ivermectin prescription this is I had to listen to that first I could hardly believe it so you think how could a local business be bought into this it's because they're programmed to they accept Medicare and Medicaid so they have to toe the line they have to spew this propaganda 
this thing is a bioweapon and they're still calling it a vaccine. Well, this is my local pharmacy. I trust them. So, of course, you know, my stupid personality, when I went through the drive-thru, um, I went through the drive-thru to pick up the prescription. Jason, can you still see me okay? We got you. We got you. Don't worry. Every once in a while, your video breaks up a little. Your audio's great. Everything's going well. Okay. All right. Sounds good. So I go through the drive-thru to pick up the ivermectin. I ask the guy, you know, I just, uh, I'm wondering, what is the, the, you know, I got my fifth jab. What is the amount of time I need to wait between the fifth jab and the sixth jab? Remember, I'm getting the ivermectin prescription. And he said, boy, I don't know how long you got to wait. Let me go get a pharmacist so that I can give you advice on that. I said, I'm just I'm just kidding around. I said, don't you realize that this thing is not a vaccine? It's a bioweapon. You know, I tried to spend a couple minutes educating him. But when he can't connect the dots at all, right? I'm picking up an ivermectin prescription. He has no concept what's even going on. Just dutifully go get your jab. So what I want to explain with Obamacare, now we're going to finally get there. So how did they do this? So we talked about Ezekiel Emanuel said, once you're a non-contributing member of society, uh, you you don't deserve medical care. He was the chief architect of Obamacare. On March 23rd of 2010, Obamacare was passed. You can look this up yourself. 974 pages, page 141 is section 1553. And this is where they legalized how they killed grace section 1553 is titled prohibition against discrimination on assisted suicide what section 1553 says is that the no government can discriminate against an individual which is a doctor or institutional health care entity so this would be a nursing home or hospital to discrimination on the basis that that entity does not provide any health care item or service service furnished for the purpose of causing or the purpose of assisting in causing the death of an individual such as by assisted suicide euthanasia killing so what they're saying is if you have a conscience and you don't want to kill somebody by these ways the government is telling you you have to kill them you cannot be discriminated against what is strange so that's sub a in sub d your remedy if you are discriminated against. Of course, we saw doctors who stood up against this be discriminated against, right? Their their licenses were taken away. Okay, they're supposed to appeal to the Health and Human Services Department. The Health and Human Services Secretary is likely the most corrupt man in the United States bureaucracy. Why do I say that? Because he had sole unilateral authority to put us in a public health emergency. Was that Francis Collins? Um, I'd have to look up who that was because uh, this was under the Trump administration and mm-hmm. then the new one took over under Biden. Uh, so I, I can't answer that with, with certainty. Uh, so he had the unilateral authority to put us into a public health emergency. And then, you know, the administration's changed, but the public health emergency never changed. They had to re-up this thing every 90 days, which he dutifully did, kept us in a public health emergency, which what the public health emergency why that was important to the government is number there's three reasons number one is it legitimate legitimate <laughs> legitimized legitimized, legitimized covid mm-hmm. okay so now we've got this covid legitimacy going on and then they had the prep act so now we have immunity from liability so then they could implement bonus payments to hospitals 
to kill patients under emergency use authorizations, which were allowed by the FDA because the emergency use author or the yeah the, they did because the public health emergency was in play. So this is crazy stuff. Interestingly, just one last point about the Health and Human Services Secretary Thanksgiving Day 2022. I have this document on Grace's website. It's referenced in that article I mentioned earlier about the second largest PSYOP. He implemented death panels. Everybody was afraid of death panels with Obamacare. Well, I just showed you the death panels, but he instituted them legally on Thanksgiving Day 2022. So this is the man that a doctor who is discriminated against because he doesn't want to euthanize somebody like Grace, he's supposed to appeal to a man that put death panels in place on Thanksgiving Day 2022. This is insanity. This is what we're up against. No, it absolutely is. And to kind of reiterate your point that this is Defense Department run, they are injecting you with a bioweapon. I want to show people right here. This is on Moderna's own page. This is their own PR newswire where they talk about not only the fact that these are not vaccines, but their partnership. And I'll take myself out of the picture so we can read from it right here. Um, what it is, and this is, uh, we were awarded the major grant after an intense and rigorous scientific review and is a testament to our team's progress. Man, this has changed from the old one. Here it is right here, ADEPT. Here it is, the ADEPT and Protect program. Uh, so this is back in 2013, everybody. Autonomous diagnos uh, diagnostics to enable prevention and therapeutics, okay, uh, prophylactic options to environmental and contagious threats. The goal is to develop a platform technology, and this is the one that was printed up by CureVac with Tesla, the, that great Elon Musk, that can be deployed safely and rapidly to provide the U.S. population with near-immediate protection against emerging infectious diseases and engineered biological weapons, which COVID was itself, and I don't think it was a leak, everybody. Uh, even in cases when the pathogen or infectious agent is unknown, okay, for more information about DARPA, go to their military site. But here is their strategic collaborators on their own site, again, uh, with mRNA. And it is the who's who. It's AstraZeneca. They got a contract. It's Merck. It's Vertex. It's BARDA. There's DARPA. Bill and Melinda Gates. The Karolinka Institute. The Institute Pasteur. So, so this shows premeditation. This shows the development of the drug. And, and the thing that really sealed it for me is they kept telling us, bat and a pangolin and it's wildlife when you had not only the wuhan lab but chapel hill and probably a dozen others at least across just our intelligence spectrum that had this biological material but when they tested it first of all the virus itself had fragments of hiv in it which itself is suspect how does hiv get into a natural occurring coronavirus but then it had a 12 sequence DNA nucleotide that was identical to another drug developed via DARPA and Moderna that was a treatment for cancer in 2016, only two and a half years after that partnership, Scott. It's incredible. These are the type of details. This is so important that these details are being uncovered, which you just connected the dots brilliantly. If people are paying attention to that, you realize the... You know, the wet market thing was foolishness. The lab leak is foolishness because it was all premeditated ahead of time. So then where does that all fit? And, you know, this is a piece that, 
you know, we don't have time to go through today, but, you know, we potentially could go through this at another time. But I wrote a, another article um, in the beginning of February, and this one is, is the most important because what I see happening is a number of patriots are sharing this evil. But then what the solution that's coming is, so if this is all satanic, which I believe it is, we have to watch that Satan does not use us for his angel of light side. So if Satan has two sides of the same coin. Okay, Satan is the coin, the evil side and the less evil side. And it's going to look good. And so what that looks like, I mean, you hear these things being floated right now. We, we need a gold-backed currency, which, of course, that would be great. Uh, we need to have tri military tribunals for these guys like Fauci. Well, I mean, that sounds great, too. Good luck. All this <laughs> sounds really good. But I promise you it's going to come with a hook. And that hook is the angel of light side because Satan's goal is souls. So, you know, these these obedient slaves that all got their jabs, of course, they're going to die. So he's, he's got those souls. But what about the people who are fighting for good? We've got to make sure that we're fighting for God's good. And the, the, we, we can spot this a mile away. And the reason we can spot it is if you understand how we got here. We got into this mess by rejecting God, period. End of story. So how do you get out of it? God's waiting for us to reconcile. We have to repent. So if, these, if the solutions being proposed do not start with repentance, start with repentance, start with repentance, they're not real. They're satanic. And I cannot speak that loud enough. That, you know, that's, um, it's critical. Well, let me just say this, man. For me, you know, I, I try to keep everything down the line. I don't tell people what to believe. Um, however, we do focus on a lot of the occult aspects to all of this. You know, and it's not a new thing. You know, you talk about um, trusting the science, for instance, and where a, a lot of technology has come out of. Uh, we talked a little bit briefly about the Nazis and eugenics. Well, they had all sorts of occult practices that went right along with their science. We brought them over right. via Operation Paperclip. But we can go before that because right. the Manhattan Project, which brought us nuclear energy, was hatched at the Bohemian Grove where they worship a large owl for its wisdom and predatory nature and do occultic druidic type rituals. And this spans back to the 40s, the actual club back to uh, the late 1800s. So this is embedded in our history. And right. more and more, it does present ourselves um, in our society. The meaning of occult knowledge is really hidden knowledge. Uh, but to me, the ultimate Satanism, unfortunately, is the inversion of truth. And yes. it is the uh, post-truth world that we are currently living in. In fact, you know, we, we've spoken for a while. So just to kind of, you know, wrap it up, this coming weekend, uh, the Bilderberg Group, which are some of the biggest power players in this techno-fascist agenda that meet globally, are going to be in Lisbon, Portugal. And they're the ones that coined the term the post-truth world back in 2018. It was on their agenda. And I truly believe that we are living through that. And uh, people like yourself are battling it every day. I'm doing my best as well. And we do have to shine light on the darkness. We cannot invest in false heroes. I believe Musk, one of them, uh, promoting every type of transhumanist agenda from Neuralink, which is DARPA-driven as well, to uh, the Optimus robot, which is basically automating us out to the green agenda, 
where, again, they want to shut off our power, as they say it's under the guise of saving the earth, a Gaia-type pagan religion. Again, this religion thing keeps coming up. In fact, they had a group prayer last year um, at Mount Sinai for their Gaia religion. Uh, I'm sure you're aware. Uh, Scott, this has been an incredible conversation. How do people help you? Because you're not only battling it out on the microphone and on video, but in the court system. And uh, I think that obviously you're, you're doing the memory of your daughter a great justice. And this has activated you even further in that battle for hum- humanity, brother. It, so the main, there's uh, I, there's be three points that I would say in closing where people can help. So, uh, and I'm going to give you three different websites. So you have ouramazinggrace.net on the screen right now. That's the main website. The, the second website will link to that, but I want to give you that website specifically. You already brought it up. But on this website, there is uh, a tab called Hospital Rescues. It's right at the top, third line, right there. All right. So the things that I just got done saying, I mean, they're pretty bad. And if you believe what I'm saying, you're going to wonder, what do I need to do? And we don't have time to go through that today. If you have me back, we can talk about informed consent and being prepared. But that tab gives you the lead in to being prepared for a hospital stay. All right, so that's one thing you can do. The second thing you can do, I mentioned before, go to gracesharra.com. Shara is S-C-H-A-R-A. Please put in your name and email so that we can create the database of people following and and then create a call to action. So that is by far and away the single most important thing you could do to help us out. Third is that there's another website, uh, America's first one stproductions.com we are involved with a documentary that's going to be released on sunday this coming sunday and so i would love it if people would watch that documentary it's going to be released in a local theater on sunday and so if you're from wisconsin you could potentially come to that there's a few seats left yet for that first showing but then it's going to be a live uh, event the following day on monday the 22nd which we're going to, from 7 to 9 p.m., all the cast is going to be there for for that live event. It's limited to 100 people, so you've got to sign up very soon to be part of that. The cast will be answering questions after the, the showing. It's about an hour and a half film, and it's really an important documentary to expose evil. And then, of course, that'll be on Rumble and on multiple other channels after that's done. So that's America's First 1ST, americasfirstproductions.com. Let me see if I can bring that up for you before you go, because you've been a great guest, my friend, and we will certainly have you on. There it is right there. Uh, So, again, uh, America's first one, stproductions.com. Give your name and email, sign up, and check out all about it. If you can, make the showing. I'd love to see it. I'd love to have you back on to talk about the film itself. Uh, Again, you're doing a great job. Very difficult situation. Um, more of us have to step up to the plate because things aren't about to get better, everybody. I mean, uh, we'll right. talk about like the the inversion of truth. Uh, they, they're parading out there telling you that the most popular president in history didn't get elected for a guy that can't speak and has been a career criminal for these people, literally. I mean, Joey B from Delaware, everybody, into Zombie J, the ultimate puppet. We're living through it. Who knows what they're going to do in 2024? Uh, we got a ways to get there. Thank you so much, Scott. We really appreciate it. Thanks for having me, Jason. This was really, really outstanding. All right. Thank you so much. I, I thought he was awesome, guys. I, I don't know about you guys, but 
powerful interview from start to finish, right? Really intelligent guy. I, I was going to save it for tomorrow, but felt like today was the day. Couple more stories to hit. Okay, first of all, I want to talk a little bit of Jamie Foxx. Now, uh, I, I was really... Let's bring that back up. That's not what we want. Forgot about that. Sorry, guys. I was really um, on the story from the beginning. I thought it was weird that the media didn't talk about it almost immediately as it happened, right? Uh, it, it was pretty apparent to me at the time because of what had happened. It seemed like some kind of a heart issue. Then you had an undisclosed medical condition. Then you had Ebony and others saying a stroke and a possible brain aneurysm because of that stroke, okay? I'm just telling you what's been out in the media. So then last week, there's a story, you know, let's do that one live. Let's let's do it live. Uh, Jamie Foxx's friends prepare for the worst. Uh, friends, family, prepare for worst. Let's see if it's been retracted since then. So, let's see. Yes, right there. Their family is preparing for the worst. It went out, you know. But now, the next day, one of his daughters said that he was playing pickleball. And as of now, we're getting reports that he's doing physical uh, rehab with uh, the support of family in Chicago. It's like two and a half hours away from me, allegedly. But he's been out of the hospital for weeks. That's what TMZ is saying. Hey, I hope all this is true, man. Like I said, really talented guy. Um, obviously, I don't wish death upon anybody. It'll be interesting. Uh, you know, this guy, if it's as severe as, I mean, a stroke's no joke. You could be out, you could never be the same. I'm going to be real honest with you. So, uh, you know, Depending on like if this story is true and he is rehabilitating, it could be a year, two years before you see this guy in public again. You better believe that. That's just the way it is. Uh, I, I mean, you might see a social media picture. I don't know you're even going to see a video because muscle movement, speech. I mean, we're talking, talking something serious here. All right. So we're towards the end of the show. I barely touched it. I barely talked about it. We're gonna we're gonna see the mainstream media spin on it here. Here's the ABC News. Here's the deal. This is the cover-up crew. Bill Barr and the Department of Justice are the cover-up crew for the FBI, for the CIA, for the intelligence community. Right? So you're only gonna get half truths. Nobody's accountable. And you know, I've seen some people that have shown some of the documents saying, look. Obviously, this was a witch hunt, and obviously the deep state exists. And yeah, you can extrapolate that from some of the documentation. Where are the arrests? When are we going to start talking about the fact that the 20... I mean, because the left still has their talking points of Russia and WikiLeaks and the GRU and all the bullshit. And, you know, like acting like the Steele dossier is no big deal and the Hillary connections are no big. None of it's a big deal. Hey! <laughs> Just ram that down your throat right after the 2016 election. I mean, as soon as I... The, remember, the first talking point was that the Russians had hacked the election. 
the Russians hacked it. And people were like, what, like the machines? Or what are you talking about, hack the election? Oh, well, we mean, you know, they're the, they're the worst. And they were spreading misinformation and disinformation, despite the fact, again, the reporting was out there. I think Politico actually did a report on uh, Microchip and the crew before this. So they knew. There were no Russians. That's ridiculous. You know, the, the, the Russians weren't a nuts hair of what they're telling you. Russia! And so, you know, the right wing gets their, you know, their, their proof, their evidence, and their talking points. And then the left wing, and it just, blah, 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 and no one goes to jail. <laughs> Trump-era special counsel investigating the origins of the FBI's Russia investigation. John Durham, appointed by former President Trump's Attorney General Bill Barr in his 300-page report, deeply critical of the FBI. Here's our Chief Justice Correspondent, Pierre Thomas, tonight. Tonight, the end of a long road for special counsel John Durham, who was appointed by Donald Trump's Attorney General Bill Barr four years ago to dig into the origins of the FBI's Russia investigation into Trump and his campaign. The Biden administration left Durham in place to complete his work, and in his final report, he slams the FBI, indicating they never should have launched a probe in the first place. Of course, like, obviously. Who's going to jail? Nobody. Peter Strzok going to jail? Nope. Nope. Girlfriend going to jail? A nipple. A nippity nipple. What about John Brennan? Mr. Political Intel Hunter Biden laptop letter? Nope. What about Barr himself? He going to jail? Nope, 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 nope. Since neither U.S. law enforcement nor the intelligence community appears to have possessed any actual evidence of collusion. Instead, Durham found that the Bureau relied on raw, unanalyzed, and uncorroborated intelligence, noting that there was significant reliance on investigative leads provided or funded directly or indirectly by Trump's political opponents. An example... The so-called Steele dossier of allegations prepared by former British spy Christopher Steele. Durham found the FBI was unable to corroborate a single substantive allegation from the dossier. Not but one. Trump's own comments about Russia in the campaign added to questions about possible collusion. Russia, if you're listening, I hope you're able to find the 30,000 emails that are missing. Durham found the FBI failed to critically analyze information that ran counter to the narrative of a Trump-Russia collusive relationship, calling that extremely troublesome. But Durham's investigation, which cost taxpayers $6.5 million, falls far short of proving there was a deep state conspiracy against Trump. The special counsel brought no charges against any senior intelligence or law enforcement officials. And the two major cases he did pursue both ended in acquittals. Durham only convicted one lower-level FBI official of misconduct in pursuing an electronic surveillance warrant. So let's get right to Pierre Thomas live in Washington tonight. And Pierre, I know the FBI is now responding to the special counsel's report. David, the special counsel's blistering assessment of the FBI track... It's blistering! This is the, uh, this guy, Pierre here, he's the guy that laughed his ass off. Laughed his ass off with Bill Barr when... He's like, Glenn Maxwell, Jeffrey Epstein, not going to have a suicide situation. Bill Barr's like, no. And then they just hysterically laugh together. Maybe that's a clip for Tamari. Come full circle on the Epstein and the Muskernuts and the cases. 
and this is Reality Rants, and I am a documentary filmmaker, and we give them all away for free. Loose Change Final Cut, Fabled Enemies, Invisible Empire, and New World Order Defined, and Shade the Motion Picture. Watch them, share them, love them. Make sure that you are subscribed to the Red Voice Media Rumble channel. I want to thank you for coming over this end. Remember, redvoicemedia.com slash uncensored. Ten beans, ten beans a risky a month, or lock it in. For the year, for a hundred bucks, tell them Jason Burma sent you. Okay, and I want to thank all of you who have supported me. Guys, I love you, and I will see you all on the flip side.